Hey and welcome to Rise of the Savvy Souls, the podcast where we talk all things spirituality, healing and inner transformation. I'm your host, Sarah Flynn, spiritual growth and transformation coach, speaker and mentor, here to help you as you awaken to your soul purpose, activate your divine gifts and elevate into your goddess power. I am so excited you are here and I know that it's no coincidence that our paths have crossed. So with that in mind, let's jump straight in to this week's episode. Hey girls and welcome back to another episode of Rise of the Savvy Souls. I'm so excited to introduce to you today's guest, the amazing Harriet Roberts. And Harriet Roberts works in the realm of movement, massage and menstruation. She comes originally from a dance background and her research is body-based, driven by tactility and a sense of trust in the form of rhythms that exist beneath us. Upon researching her own menstrual body, she knew that this work was not for herself alone, but for her to begin sharing with others. Her work's focus is to encourage menstrual bodies to embrace their cycle in its entirety and hopefully learn to love their cycle in self. So welcome, Harriet. Thank you for being here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation because my listeners know very much about uh, a womb awakening journey that I've been on most presently and I've been very open with them about all of that and so going down this rabbit hole I guess of learning about our cycles and our power as women and just how much power we can actually generate from being in rhythm with our bodies I think it's mm. going to be super exciting to share all of this stuff so I can't wait to get all of your knowledge on it but I would love for you to begin by sharing just a little bit about I guess who you are your background your journey and also I'd love for you to share with the listeners once you've shared that where you are right now and what brought you to to Georgia which is where you're at right now yeah um mm, where to begin (laughs) (laughs) I've always been working with the body um Always it was through through dance and performance. I trained as a contemporary dancer. And uh, for a long time, I was and still am working with movement um, and particularly something called contact improvisation, which is based upon weight, momentum, lifting, dancing in togetherness. And through this study, I sort of became interested in the world of somatics, uh, movement practices based on introspection and our ability to listen or observe the body. Um, And my movement practice went more in the direction of this sensing and feeling as opposed to creating dance performances, for instance, um, based on aesthetic purpose. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then then everything somehow became about the body. Everything became about touch. Also, uh, work with massage. I, I began to do specifically Thai massage, which again is this kind of rocking, moving, more mobile work. Same for me. It has a lot of crossovers with dance. Um, and as well within this kind of spiraling thing that is me I've always had this sensation that I 
um, should work with the female body. And uh, when I was younger, my direction was always dance. I only ever wanted to be a dancer, but I was had this thing in the back of my mind also that one day my dream is to, to help women give birth and this kind of pregnancy and this female body and this pelvis and this center part of the body and the womb has always been my, um, yeah, my interests, my intrigue. Um, yeah, so somehow amongst this, this journeying, I myself didn't have a menstrual cycle for four years. And this was also during the period of time that I was training to be a dancer. I was really like on the go and everything was yes and all day training and dancing and working and um, yeah, no connection at all actually to my womb or my cycle. And after I graduated from, from training, I, I went to, I took a one-way flight to India and I was there for a year and a half. And it was during this time that my menstrual cycle returned. And it also came with a lot of um, symbols and signs and things that came to be maybe on a more energetic or spiritual plane. And this discovery also of a deeper connection with other women was, was a big part of it. The returning of my menstrual cycle really deepened my connection to other women in my life, children, um, nurturing, caring, a, a whole, almost like a whole different side of me appeared in the returning of my cycle. And this fascinated me, like how I've changed, how I've opened expanded almost because of the return of this this rhythm and so because I observed such a difference in myself I began to research um, and this was through something called experiential anatomy it's like an angle of somatic practice that comes from something called body mind centering that is an interest of mine in the movement uh, world it's also looking at developmental movement patterns how we learned to move how we grew in the womb how this influenced our yeah our physicality basically and um so this was sort of involved while well, I'm going on tangents but yeah somehow it's all collecting together in a soup um yeah I started to research through this physicality also reading books and also beginning just to speak with women, every woman I was coming to contact with, asking them about their cycle, asking about their relationship to their cycle, if it exists, if it doesn't. And for me, this storytelling is a huge part of this work for us as women, just to share our stories about the relationship to our body, because it is so problematic within the society, like um, the world we're living in is very much this linear direction, this kind of going up and out and our body is more on this horizontal or spherical plane. And how do we negotiate those two angles, directions, rhythms? So basically I became fascinated and it became a part of everything I do 
cycle awareness to be engaging with my menstrual cycle became relevant to everything and specifically my movement practice because when you're training as a dancer for instance you do the same thing every day you work hard and you do some techniques and blah 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 blah, blah. And when I became aware of this, I thought, wow, this is crazy because my body is so different from week one of my menstrual cycle to week three. And how do we engage with consistent practices or daily practices when the body, the hormonal rhythm, the fluids in the body like, every, is, are changing? And um, this really is my research. Like, how can we engage with the changing body and how can we support, utilize and work with the changing body as opposed to like forcing it in the direction of the outward world. Um, yeah, as opposed to, to ourselves. So yeah, this is kind of what, I, what I'm, I'm working just, with. I'm just like fascinated by everything that you're sharing because it's nice to hear it from just somebody else's experience and perspective like mm -hmm. I feel like kind of what you're describing in your own journey with the dance and the go 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 and the consistent training is kind of like that overarching masculine energy of do 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 of the society and the world that we live in and that's something that I experienced within career and business as well was that push 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 and it is, it's that linear structure of the way the world has been formed, albeit we're very much crumbling that right now as we speak. But it's just fascinating how your, your levels of depth and awareness within your own body and you're witnessing like what changed for you. Um, as a result of getting more in tune with your cycles, with your body and speaking to other women about it as well. And I really do believe that what you're describing in terms of changing from the linear structure into the more spherical kind of cyclical um, way of being is, is the path that we're definitely on the way to creating right now. Um, I have no idea how long it's going to take. It's going to take a while. But do you feel that sense of like the, the message that you're sharing, like and all of these years of experience that you've clearly had from being a little girl desiring to be a dancer, like to just, by the way, how beautifully that opened up and expanded for you to bring you directly to this point right now, living your sole purpose and sharing this message with all of this experience at a time and the planet where everybody needs to hear this the most? Yeah, it, it really does feel like this um, serendipitous moment almost, or, but not moment because it's continuing. Um, yeah, and I think at some point, within many of us, we have these kind of interests that feel very spread out and we have many paths and directions. And in some moments, we find them tied together and, and like it happens that they, everything kind of collides and, and creates, yeah, some big bang within us or something. And for me, it's 
actually very evident the way the way you described it. It's like somehow I'm in that moment in this year, the year before. It's like all of these things I I've been collecting somehow can come together to create now what I'm creating within this work of the menstrual cycle because for me it's overlapping with everything I do it's underriding it's like an undercurrent I feel Mm -hmm. understanding the rhythm of the body is an undercurrent in which everything else can ride on top of Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's it's really this coming together I really love how you describe that because it's like in the work that I do as well the undercurrent that I always talk about is the intuition but you're, you're talking about it from a body perspective, like that undercurrent of our cyclical nature. And if we can really learn to tune into that, which is completely tied to our intuition, it's like all of a sudden our world becomes less chaotic, more still, we get to be more present and we get to flow way more. So I love the way you're, you're describing it as an undercurrent. And I definitely want to go into cycles and some education around that but I'm still curious why are you in Georgia in a in a mountain (laughs) we were just talking before we hit record um and Harriet was telling me how she's in Georgia like living in a mountain right now and I was like well wait you can tell me about that on the podcast (laughs) yeah yeah it's um actually I just arrived I've been here only a few weeks um I lived in London this year on a boat for the majority of actually all of 2020 Mm. and because of the situation because of what was happening and is continuing uh, my work with dance and with hands-on stuff is it was not possible And it gave me a lot of opportunity to focus my creativity elsewhere. For instance, like I created this course, it gave me time to focus on uh, more still practices. Um, But yeah, for me, I really desired and missed to be dancing and to be have the availability of a studio because I, yeah, I lived on a canal boat. It's very small. (laughs) You can't really (laughs) dance. And um, so a friend of mine who I know from, from dancing previously, I was teaching in um, Thailand and Israel in dance festivals and I met him there and he has um, taken on a farm. It's in a place, it's called Gormaduli and it's yeah in the mountains of Georgia and he's opened this space for dancers, body workers, movement practitioners to come and, and we're all sort of becoming residents right now. There's only about 10 of us, um, some people from Georgia, some people from Russia, um, one from Germany, me from England. Um, and slowly people are coming. They have to go through the quarantine process and everything. And then we arrive and, and basically have the opportunity to do the thing we love amongst the situation that's happening. And, and for me, it was a really important decision and move and also this really beautiful timing um actually and it's wonderful I feel now I've been here two weeks I feel settled and 
actually, I, I, the main thing I feel is just an overwhelming sense of gratitude to be in this situation that I can roll around on the floor yeah, <laughs> and be with other people that are working with the body. Um, wow. Yeah. Sounds and the like views are beautiful, so. Yeah, I can imagine. And it just sounds like throughout all of your journey, I guess, and even this, this opportunity included, it's so divinely led. But then I guess you're being divinely led by that undercurrent flow of your own rhythmic cycle. So, yeah, tell us more, like, where, where can we begin on getting more in tune with our bodies and our cycles? Yeah. I think that there's many ways in which to dive in. A lot of people are working maybe from a more spiritual place with this kind of womb healing, womb wisdom, or um, this kind of direction of spirituality. Yeah, there's also people coming from a more medical perspective to just sort of understand the process of the body um, in the dance between fertility and menstruation, for instance. And my attempt is to um, view the body and view the cycle from this holistic perspective, pulling in um, many different angles and directions. And for me, the first way to engage with it actually is just to understand the process of the hormonal rhythm and what is our cycle, like what is happening, because I think it's such a lost or missed or neglected education, particularly within my life, my experience, and from what I understand, the sort of socio-cultural uh, world that I was a part of, at least. I can't speak for everyone's experience, but I also get the sensation that it is a lot of people's experience, that our education about our menstrual cycle didn't exist really maybe we were told at school that you will menstruate and it will be uncomfortable and here's how you put a tampon in exactly that that's about as deep <laughs> as it got <laughs> yeah. and even even those feelings of like in society and projected outwards and even throughout kids in the playgrounds and stuff as well as you're going through that awkward phase of growing up there's those kind of undercurrent emotions of like shame or like disgust or anything towards it as well like there's so much I guess confuse confusing messages around a cycle for a woman so no wonder she's never really truly felt connected to that part of herself yeah totally I feel that we're almost conditioned to apologize for it as soon as it's beginning and this is really problematic to put into a 14-year-old girl's head or 11-year-old girl's head or a 16-year-old girl's head, you know, that your body is something to be sorry for, to be ashamed of, to hide, to close down. And this is exacerbated by this lack of education. Um, also that, for instance, we're only really taught about menstruation. Often women don't know about the process of ovulation, which is as much a peak of the cycle, if not more, it's really, this is the mountain of the, the cycle is ovulation. Here is the moment of possible creation. And when I talk about possible creation, yes, the reproductive system is offering us this in terms of creating 
a human, but this is also energetically involved with our creation of anything, whether it's a cake or a project or a relationship or a song. Um, and our lack of understanding of the entirety of the cycle. This is, this is really the problem. It's a kind of understand that you bleed and for the rest of the time, you're the same. As opposed to now you're entered this time where you are moving through a cycle which completes and creates itself like with the seasons, like with the sun and the moon, like the day and the night, like with plants. And understanding that our body is part of that ecology that's bigger than us, outside of ourselves, also with the environment, also with the planets, also, you know, I like to say from the cells to the planets, it's really the same movement. And we are the kind of meeting point in the middle and our way to understand these rhythms in at least a female body is, is really beautiful to observe this through, through the menstrual cycle. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could listen to you talk about this all day because all I'm seeing through my mind's eye is like, it, it's like that reminder, and I say this to my listeners all of the time, like we're so much more than just the human body. Like we're so much more. So when you bring in, you know, like the stars and the planets and the sun and the moon, and it's like, it's just that constant reminder that there is this infinite life force energy that we are it and it is us and that we're not separate. It all intersects. It, it's all combined. And yeah, I just think I love the way you said, here's that opportunity of, of creation. And it doesn't matter whether it's like we, we just associate it to giving birth to children. Um, but one of the, the most empowering things I learned to do in my business was work with the flow of my menstrual cycle as opposed to against. I never used to know that I could do that. And, you know, I'd be hustling away in my business, showing up, coaching clients, and just disregarding the fact that I'm having a cycle at all. Mm. Now, I carve those days out. I'm like, I'm not speaking to <laughs> clients on those days. I'm not doing anything. I have nothing to give those days. Those days are for me. Um, and even planning launches in business, I look specifically at when I'll be ovulating and schedule things in around that. That's when I'll be going live. That's when I'll do the activations. That's when my energy is going to be at its peak. And it's changed everything for me. Yeah. So just hearing you share all of that is is fascinating. Yeah, that's really beautiful. This is this is for me, this is really exciting when when women can begin to understand their cycle to the point exactly like you say, that you can begin to schedule your life. Um in accordance with it. And this also is another really beautiful lesson from it because I think oftentimes some women are kind of alienated by this concept of like, what, you want me to roll around in the forest and throw my blood around or, you know, do some, some uh, practices or something? Also very welcome. It's also very nice to <laughs> do such things, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, to also bring it to this really practical level, like understanding your cycle is benefiting your daily life, your business, your creation. Like it's, it's going to help and you're going to have more compassion for yourself on the days where you think what's happening. I'm not 
at my best or something. And then you say, okay, what day of my cycle am I on? Oh, okay, it's making sense. So I'll leave it this huge thing I have to do till next week. And now I'll do what my body needs. Yeah, so much more compassionate approach for yourself and for your body. And that just triggered a memory for me of, um, I used to lift weights like uh, about a year or 18 months ago. I was loving it, like sewing my masculine overdrive. Like it was fantastic at the time, but I could never understand why some days I could lift really heavy and feel so strong and be so mind strong. And then other days I'd almost feel like I just didn't have it in me to do it. And it was just, yeah, fascinating because all of the time I spent in that environment punishing myself for feeling like I was failing because I wasn't as good as what I was the other day mm. with not taking into consideration at all that undercurrent of the changes that my body will have been going through, through the cycle. Yeah. yeah. When we come to a physical level, it's very interesting about workouts and also when you're trying to uh, achieve or like um, improve upon something, whether it's, you know, in your yogic practice and you want to reach that handstand or if you're lifting weights or something like this, that it's really important for, for women that we compare ourselves week one to week one of our cycle, week two to week two. Um, because we have these different qualities, energies, hormones in the body, in your first half of your cycle, for instance, your muscular system is much more active. You are much more able to build muscle even. Also, your digestive system in the first half of your cycle is able to work more uh, it's easier to digest raw fruits, vegetables, things that are tougher, whereas in the second half, maybe more cooked foods, stews, soups that are supporting the digestive process and more restorative physical practices also. And then begin to work with this, maybe you will be able to lift those weights like crazy in the second week of your cycle. You know, it's... Yeah. it's um, it's yeah, but when you when you don't know all of these factors, you're mm. just going off like, I guess, linear evidence. Well, why why could I do it yesterday, but I can't do it today? Like, there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. Wherever the mind goes to, and I imagine that there's a lot of my listeners listening to this now, thinking, "Yes, I finally have." Uh, an understanding as to why some days I succeed and other days I feel like I just can't do the thing. But actually, mm. this is the permission slip to tune in with the body and know that it's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> You're not not good enough. You're just going through your own seasons and cycles. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. So, okay, in terms of like, I guess practices what what would you kind of I, I know like with practices everyone kind of needs to tune in and find their own I know that I guess finding practices that work for you to support you um is definitely a personal journey but are there any favorite practices of yours that you would like to share in case it inspires any of the listeners to take them on yeah, in, in regards to understanding your cycle, you mean? or yeah, yeah, or kind of like, and like living harmoniously within 
within the flow of your cycles? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing really is coming to an understanding of your rhythm. And for me, this, this came through a practice of charting, um, of writing every day how you feel. And this is, it's, it's work, it's a practice, it's something that you decide to do every day. It's hard to write something every day, you know, you fall off. And oftentimes we like to really mark the peaks of things. We do a full moon celebration and a new moon celebration or something like this. And we forget the kind of transitory period in between. And so it's challenging our ability to really focus every day, but just to write how you feel. And I have some templates of how people might engage with this work. And I'm writing initially how I feel in terms of outwardness or inwardness. This is always my first tip. Um, if we feel, wow, I'm available, social, active, I want to be with people, I'm really nourished by being with people, or it's, I'm in a more internal space, or, wow, I really don't want to be with anybody today, leave me alone. <laughs> There's this kind of spectrum. Um, and then I'm writing how I'm feeling socially, sexually, physically, emotionally, spiritually, energetically. And it's kind of this list of six things, topics, and it can be a little bit overwhelming to hear at first. It's like, how do I write about these things? But it's just, today I feel active, today I feel social, I feel erotic or playful, I'm feeling in flow, or maybe my mind is wondering. Yeah. And basically after maybe, I mean, certainly after one cycle of writing this, for some women, this will be a month, for some women, this will be longest, for some it will be shorter, however long your cycle is, writing this down, and then reading and seeing and observing like wow I went through so much in this cycle and I was really a different person from one week to the next and that's that's interesting and that's okay and also I associate myself with all of those characters I'm not this consistent thing that I'm asked or expected to be I am all of these different things and after a few months of doing this there's also this observation of like oh day 11 I felt nervous day 11 I felt nervous interesting and we begin to develop this understanding of our pattern of our rhythm because although we are inconsistent in the sense of uh, a daily practice or, or something we have this inconsistency we are incredibly predictable when we begin to engage with our cycle mm. um, and yeah, it doesn't require you to have a 28-day cycle or something. This is also an important note. I think some women feel nervous or scared to enter this kind of period or menstruation community because they feel, what if my cycle is not 28 days and in tune with the moon and I'm not, you know, and this kind of thing. It's like every cycle is different. We can talk about these qualities that are, um, apply to everyone in a sense or kind of the common body but every cycle is unique and so this practice of charting is really bringing you to understand your world your experience and then within this you can observe the activity of yourself your body your energy 
and invite practices that suit each week. And maybe it's weightlifting in the second week. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's yin in the yin yoga in the in the week of menstruation. You know. Doing, oh, that's doing. such a good thought because something that I'm feeling challenged by right now is finding uh, a workout that I feel that I can commit to consistently and I haven't been successful <laughs> and maybe that's why because some week like I, I took up running recently and I was <laughs> saying the same thing with the with the weightlifting like sometimes I was into it and I was flying with it other times I just felt like every step that I took was just killing me and it's interesting that you say that maybe there's a particular moment in my cycle where I'm going to feel like I can run and run and run. And then there's other moments where I need to just gentle movement and be slow. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you say this. I also do this occasion every few months with running. I think I'm going to begin running and then <laughs> I go for three runs and I don't run again for five months. Um, <laughs> I've never ran in my life either but it was just kind of like in November or something of last year I just felt inspired to to join a run club and try it you know I was all for trying a new thing super exciting in the beginning and then I was like oh god actually no I'm not feeling this now yeah but I think totally I think it can really be involved in the cycle because also we have this different the body is offering us a different aptitude for tasks or practices at different times um yeah this physicality is changing like I was saying before also our energy levels like effectively when you're in your luteal phase which is the second half of your cycle your body is sending energy to a more internal space and specifically during menstruation you can imagine if you have a bowl of energy, half of the bowl of energy is going towards the process of releasing from your body. And so you have less energy to work with in a different sense, your outwardness. And so if you're then spending 80% of this to run, of course you feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes so much sense. And you would learn that through the charting process. Mm. Like it makes so much sense. Um. I love, I love speaking to someone who feels so anchored in their body. Like I've shared a lot with my listeners because a lot of the work I do is intuitive and higher consciousness and very esoteric and like out mm-hmm. there. One of the bigger things that I'm, I guess, working on, have been mm-hmm. challenged by working on is just shifting my focus back into the physical body like allowing myself to go all the way out there and into the higher realms and send my focus and attention out there but then really bring it in and anchor it in with the body because everything that you're sharing now is that like it is that you're you're so in tune with the the nature and the cycles of this infinite intelligence but just mm-hmm. from a body physical perspective, as opposed to a higher consciousness kind of, you know, tapping in kind of way. So it's, it's really nice. It's really refreshing, even for me to have this conversation with you. Um, is there anything in particular that you do on your 
menstruation days then? Like, do you withdraw? Do you give those days to yourself? Do you do inner work on those days? What do those days look like for you? Mm. Yeah, so the first day of your cycle is the first day of full bleed. This is when we begin a cycle, just as a piece of information. But then, <laughs> um, for me, those first two days of my cycle are the heaviest days of my bleed. And it's really important for me that I have space to myself. And currently I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I can really spend all day by myself if I wished and, and choose not to engage with work or something like this. But of course, previously, and of course, for many other women, we have stuff to do. We have jobs and children and responsibilities and, um, yeah, so sometimes it's maybe only an hour to give yourself, but it's really important to me that I dedicate, whether it's an hour or whether it's a day, it's like, this is really a gift for myself, for my body to rest and focus on what it needs to do. Um, oftentimes also, I think it's really beautiful to, to like, touch your body like I'm already a masseuse so I'm also involved a lot in this touching and whatever but like really massaging the belly really offering my body support especially if I'm feeling um, aches or or sensation in like the lower back or the belly and showering for me also has become a big thing in the last few cycles I was reading also about in helping your body to cleanse like your body is 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 sort of cleansing it's having this reset button and supporting it by also like cleansing acknowledging washing like this really beautiful practice which I also imagine like all women doing thousands of years ago it's <laughs> kind of all going to the river to wash together or something and maybe it's just my imagination or also this kind of intrinsic uh, knowledge but um yeah, so I'm I'm sort of marking it more in in that way, like giving myself time, giving myself space, reducing my workload. I'm definitely not super active in the first two days of my bleed, um, and doing things that are kind for my body. I really like oils and things like this, and yeah, that's yeah. the masseuse in you again. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And I love how, you know, obviously for anybody listening who, you know, might not have the, the luxury to, to commit a full day to themselves, mm. um, even the power of that intentional hour to be with yourself, to massage your body or to just be kind to it, to shower, like you said, um, or just feel into to what your body needs for that hour, that, um, like just feeling called to remind everyone of the power of intention like it's really something that we kind of can easily forget but it's something so simple that we get to set an intention it's never really about the time I feel that we dedicate to things it's just who who are we being when we're choosing to dedicate to the thing that we want to do so for example if you can't spend a full day dedicated and committed to your body 
the power of intention across one hour will be just as important as dedicating and committing the, the whole day to yourself, right? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And also another thing I just thought of when you're speaking is like asking for support, like from your community, from your partner, from your whoever you live with, your family or something saying, well, please, will you cook me dinner this evening instead of me, <laughs> you know, and, and, and sharing with the people around you what's happening in your body. My, my dream is that this work becomes so commonplace that we can meet our friends and we say, I'm in my autumn phase of my cycle. I'm menstruating. I'm ovulating. And immediately we have some understanding of the placement of our friends or, or the people around us. And, and yeah, asking for support when it's required is, is also one. That is such a big one, which reminds me of a thought that I had a few moments ago and it, it left my mind that really it's our job as women now to educate ourselves or, you know, learn from people like you about the rhythmic cycles of our body and how we get to really prioritize that in our well-being and in our lifestyles and, you know, allow our lives, careers, businesses, and everything to run around that, like that being our primary focus. But then, you know, it's up to us to educate our partners and the men in our lives or the the closest people to us if we want people to deeply understand us on that level as well. And I imagine like, you know, the guys are going to need education on this. <laughs> I mean, if we're missing the education on it and it's the female body, the guys are going to be so confused yeah. about all of this stuff. So I think it would be an amazing place to get to in your relationship, not just for yourself and your own body, if you can understand your own rhythm and flow. But if, yeah, if you can educate everyone around you, wow, life, yeah. life feels like bliss. Just imagining that right now. Totally. Yeah, because we we're used to like we were talking earlier when with this young girl that you put a tampon up your sleeve or you hide it or yeah you don't even understand yourself the the other parts of your cycle but my experience in the last few years is that men are really interested in this actually when mm. I'm talking to them about it um because there's sort of this search to understand the opposite sex oftentimes and um actually recently I was or not recently, but some time ago, I was in like, like a gathering and I was explaining to one uh, friend, a male friend, beginning to talk to him about the cycle. And by the end of the conversation, there was like maybe 12 men and I'm like with diagrams, I'm really <laughs> explaining everything. And they all said to me, why well, you need to do a men's workshop? <laughs> so I maybe I'll, I'll think I'll create one this year for the men, but it's, also just these small passing comments maybe to your colleague of like wow I feel this way today because I'm in this part of my cycle and planting those really small seeds is actually expanding into the the general collective consciousness expanding into our community just to open this topic more and more so that girls that are coming after us women young women that are rising growing they won't have the same experience as us of having to hide and be ashamed, but it will one day be a world. I hope that mm. these young girls are like, 
yeah I'm menstruating what do you want from me maths yeah. teacher you know like <laughs> <laughs> sorry I didn't get my homework done I'm literally yeah. menstruating right now <laughs> <laughs> homework excuse. yeah no no longer did the dog chew up your homework you can just be upfront about the fact my hormones were everywhere I couldn't do it I was in my winter um oh my gosh yeah no I I totally see that going forwards as well and I definitely think there's an opportunity for you to educate the men as well if you felt aligned to it because mm. I agree I think from a from a man's perspective they're probably very curious as to like what is this like because it, it is such a big thing it doesn't go away it happens every month like it's a huge part of who we are as women so for them the unknown must feel quite alienating to them even if they don't feel that on a conscious level I just think on a deep unconscious level you know they have divine feminine energy within them they remember their souls remember times gone in ancient past when they would celebrate and honor a woman's menstrual cycle so they will have that inner calling and that inner whisper of there's something in this that I need to know and Mm. I think it's a gorgeous time that we are definitely witnessing on the planet right now that we are speaking about these things now yeah more so not just speaking about them but learning how to integrate them Mm. Yeah, and this is a really important point as well because we have within us this this masculine and this feminine within all beings and some of us are living out more of one than the other. And the patriarchy, basically, what has been created, invented, more in tune with the masculine rhythm, this daily rhythm likened to the sun as opposed to the women likened by the moon, this longer cycle, has taken on a life of its own. And it doesn't, I believe, it's not actually supporting either sex anymore. It's sort of also forcing men to be more pushing or maybe that was a bad, that wasn't very good English, but like, (laughs) yes, it's kind of driving forward this like real thrusting energy like of competitive ambition ideas of success and it's also a burden on men and I think often we imagine the patriarchy as them as masculine as something connected more to them but somehow it's taken on a life of its own and it's outside of all of us Mm. and um, yeah I think the main part of it actually that's um the coming away from this or entering more this natural rhythm is really engaging with the second half of our cycle. The first half of our cycle, our follicular phase, is this growth. We are growing from menstruation towards ovulation. Our body is increasing in its estrogen levels. We're more energetic. We're more open to be in union, in contact. And it's really uh, a time that we're able to do, act, create instigate deal with our inspirations like put action into it and this aligns with the society like the society loves the follicular woman it loves the ovulatory woman it loves our spring and our summer phases looking all beautiful with our taut skin because of our estrogen and our big boobs and our nice pheromones and you know it's loving 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 the follicular woman 
And the luteal woman, which the luteal phase is after we pass ovulation and working towards menstruation, is this retreat inwards. I like to talk about it as this retreat to the valley of menstruation. And it's this coming inwards, it's supported by progesterone, which is a hormone that's pulling us into a more protective state, basically. If we have a possible fertilized embryo, what this uh, hormone is attempting to do is protect that hormone. So it's like pulling our blanket on for our autumn and our winter, really bringing us into ourselves strengthening our intuition this is also when we're closer perhaps to our more spiritual selves it's a time that maybe we want to be more quiet we want to be more alone and this is an aspect of us these are characters within us that are less supported by our society and I believe that um yeah a way in which we're really like coming away from unpacking, unpeeling this direction of the patriarchy is by engaging and understanding this restoration that is necessary in every process. Just as we see like the wilting of a plant to create the soil, to give the nutrition to the next plant, it's the same in the body. And it's the same also in any creative process. Like if I'm creating a dance piece, after I've maybe presented it on stage, which we can liken or imagine to ovulation or the full moon or, you know, this mm. peak of the mountain, then I have this period of time afterwards of looking back, hindsight, coming away from receiving um, feedback and, and beginning to come back into myself, plant those seeds, rework, receive inspiration in order to begin the next project. We can't constantly be this go, go, go. Um, yeah, so, so coming back to this, the, the, the body and the cycle, I think it's really important to love, or maybe not love for everybody, but embrace the second half of your cycle as much as the first. Oh, I feel you on every single level with that Harriet because as well I guess the work that I do with people really is about that second half of their cycle helping them get more in tune with that side of themselves like you say mm -hmm. in society we've been so programmed to be okay with that with who we are in the first half of the cycle the giver the creator the high achiever the strong weightlifter whatever we're doing in the first half of the cycle but the second half of the cycle is really that kind of, you know, you can do your shadow work there. You can see what's coming up for you. You can really be intentional about releasing thoughts, habits, patterns, behaviors, anything at all that doesn't serve you. And this is the magic for me. This is the magic because this is the transformation. This is the shedding of the skins, if you like, where we get the opportunity, like you said, reflect, hindsight, what do we do differently next time um, to go back into that next phase of creation? Oh, I just like, I'm getting excited of a vision of a world where everybody is on, on this vibe and like working in harmony with it, men and women. Like it really does just feel like it would be such an exciting world to be a part of. Yeah. And it feels very natural also. 
that image. Yeah. It doesn't feel mind blowing or so far out of ourselves that it's it's like, oh yeah, that feels like the ground, the earth. That feels like it could be nice. You know, it's somehow this like simplistic warmth to that image. It feels like <laughs> it feels like you remember it. Exactly. That's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. It's like I remember the world when it used to be that way. What mm. happened? So I'm very happy that, you know, we are definitely, definitely on the path of, yeah, returning to that, returning to that truth, returning to that undercurrent and that cyclical nature for all of us, for men and women. So Harriet, I've absolutely loved having this conversation with you. Could could talk about this all day long um, and for any of my listeners who are feeling the same way I would love if you could share some info as to how they could maybe connect with you or find some more information from you what does that look mm-hmm. like yeah I have a platform called cyclic being um, on Instagram also the handle is cyclic being and the website is cyclicbeing.com and on there I have available currently I'm doing a four-week online immersion, which I offer uh, throughout the year. And this is really guiding people through the cycle. I'm diving into what's happening in the hormonal body, the anatomical body, really explaining something uh, maybe that we lacked, didn't understand before, uh, and explaining how we can begin to use our cycle. This is the course that I currently have and I will have throughout the year that's available on the website and will soon be something that people can have whenever in their own time, like recorded. Um, And my next project also is to create a longer course, which will be the somatics of cycling, which is really pulling this information and connecting more and more to my movement practice, um, as well as inviting a lot of friends, really brilliant practitioners, of movement from all different angles to form a kind of package for women to engage with with their cycles so yeah I have a few different things and um it's all on this cyclic being platform amazing Amazing. well thank you so much and girls who are listening um, definitely go and check out Harriet's cyclic being website and instagram and all of the things And I'm going to ask that if you loved this podcast episode, share it with your girlfriends, share it with the women who need to hear this message. But also I'm feeling inspired to ask that you share it with your partners or you share it with the men in your life. If you want to educate them on your own cycles and they're kind of curious and open to learning more, why not let's take this opportunity to share this conversation and allow it to land in the hearts and minds of those who are ready to receive this message so Harriet thank you once again I really well thank you yay (laughs) (laughs) and girls thank you so much for listening as always wherever you are in the world I'm sending you all of the love and I will see you next time